The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Discover hope and healing from the other side. Welcome to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Listen, they're all around you, close as a thought or a memory. Messages of hope. Messages of hope. Well, hi, everybody. I know that a lot of you are listening live, but many of you will listen to this in the archives. So no matter when you listen, right now we're going through the coronavirus challenge, I'll call it. And I feel that people are feeling a bit more settled. I went out to the grocery store today and it didn't seem to have that jitteriness in the air, but still there's a lot of fear, a lot of uncertainty. And my guest today is going to have a wonderful way of addressing that. We scheduled this a while back, but she's just the perfect person to talk about that later on today. I want to bring her in without any other introductions about that because we want to get straight into the meat of her story and how she can help all of us with practical solutions for feeling better and taking care of ourselves at this time. My guest is Mary Terhune, and she's going to share her spontaneous spiritual awakening of self-realization and what exactly that means. Mary's a Hay House author. Her book is called Out of the Blue, True Life Experiences of Awakening, Revelation, and Transformation. She's been involved in the healing arts for over 40 years as a registered nurse, a homeopathic educator, a therapeutic massage practitioner and Reiki master. I can let her tell the rest of her story, but uh, let's just welcome Mary to the show right now. Hi, Suzanne. Nice to be with you. Thank you. And I just loved your book, Out of the Blue. I loved that you wrote it and then it was recognized by Wayne Dyer and Hay House as a story that needed to reach more people. And they republished it in 2015 and it's still out there. And when we put you on Facebook, some beautiful comments. Oh, I just love Mary. So now everybody gets to feel your great energy. Thank you. Well, why don't you just start at the beginning and well, no, let's instead of just starting with your story, for those who may be new to this, what is your definition of self-realization? Self-realization is really recognizing that you are not an individual ego personality, but rather you are the divine in action. That this is this energy, this light that moves through you is divine in nature, and so are you. And that we've suffered from the mistaken identity of thinking we're just separate individual personalities 
separate from everyone, it's been a cause of a lot of fear. Because anytime you feel separate from your divine oneness, the first thing you feel is fear. And from fear comes hatred. And from hatred comes jealousy. And from jealousy becomes pride and all these other issues and problems that we are dealing with today. And what we're seeing is the end of a, 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 our present evolutionary stage in humanity moving from the dysfunctional ego into our divine nature. And uh, many of the indigenous people have given us messages about this, the Cherokees, the Akeros from Peru, the Hopis, talking about the great turning, the great awakening of humanity. And I can tell you from my own experience in having a spontaneous awakening, it happened during a very powerful life crisis that I had. So, and it's very comparable to the crisis that we're having having now, except this is a global crisis. And although it began with a virus from nature, it really is on a on a larger scale or or a deeper under a wider understanding is that it's a spiritual. We're having a spiritual awakening that comes through crisis. And Anytime we get to the end of an of a evolutionary stage in this incredible uh, evolution that we're going through, the ego becomes extremely dysfunctional. And mm-hmm. all of us have felt that we can't keep living this way. We can't keep living in hatred. We can't be throwing children in cages. We can't be saying that you can't have health care, but only a few can. We can't allow... Uh, the financial uh, structure where only 1% has so much and the rest do not. We simply can't go on living this way. We can't be charging enormous, exorbitant rates to go to college. Um, we can't, we, we just have to stop living this way. And we all know it. We all felt uncomfortable in these past three years in particular. And we all knew that something had to change. We didn't know how it was going to happen, but this is how it's happened, and and it comes from nature. And Mother Nature uh, and the planet itself is living consciousness, and it's speaking to us, saying, you have to stop. Humanity, you have to stop, and you have to have an inner awakening to your divine nature, come out of this egoic fear base that says there's lack and not enough and you're not enough and reclaim and remember your divine nature. And I can say that because that's what happened to me back in the 80s when I lost everything through a a bad financial situation. Can I interrupt and just take, let's let's go back and, and... Your story is actually quite, uh, your, your upbringing was very unsettling. You want to just share a little bit about your life before your awakening? My life before my awakening, well, I, I grew up in a dysfunctional home, like everyone else is probably saying, yeah, so did I. And uh, my mother left the family when I was about 11, and that really uh, sort of set the stage for just such an unhappy life. And at 19, I found myself uh, pregnant, and this was back in the 60s. 
and I ended up uh, giving my child up for adoption because our culture said that that was the right thing to do. And of course, I was a 19-year-old kid, very lost and scared. And um, you know, then I went through uh, different relationships and which were not good for me. Um, and eventually, I it, it, I ended up getting divorced and then uh, getting into another relationship, which wasn't healthy for me. And then I realized somewhere around 1981 or so that I was I just wasn't happy. And I, mean, I I had the thought, I'm not I'm really not happy and I just want to be happy. And that that sort of was sort of a prayer, I guess I would say. Um, although I had left the Catholic Church a long time ago because I didn't believe um, in the divisions that were caused, uh, in my opinion, and um by it and thinking some people would go to heaven and the rest would go to hell. I just didn't believe in that. So I left that. And um, it was in 82 that I, uh, that's when I lost everything from, from a bad financial decision. And I lost all the money that I had earned and all my retirement. So I'm just talking a good $100,000, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of money. But I threw me into debt and I had an 11-year-old daughter. And I was beside myself. I just was absolutely uh, berating myself for being so stupid. Why didn't I get a lawyer? All these things that you go through when, when you go through something like that. And it was so intense, and I was in so much fear and so much panic, very much so like people are today in panic and fear. And am I going to live? Am I going to die? Mm-hmm. And it was that powerful. And in that moment where I could no longer stand it. I was standing in my living room. I was home alone at the time. And I just could no longer think one more bad thought. (laughs) And my mind absolutely stopped. I had been sobbing. And I didn't really care if I was going to live or die. It was so painful. I just yelled out and I said, God, just please let me die. I can't take this anymore. And which I called out to a God I didn't really think I believed in. But that was what mm-hmm. I said. And in that moment, time stood still. My mind stopped. And light began to fill the living room through the window. Literally. That, literally. Literally. You, literally, you could see it like the sun coming through your window, just like that. And there was this incredible energy of peace that came over me, and then I heard a voice that said, now do you see that all, that true forgiveness is self-forgiveness? Because just prior to that moment, I had the thought that I've got to forgive myself. And that's when the light came in and began to speak with me. And this light force, intelligence, spoke seven revelations to me. The first was on forgiveness. The next was on judgment. One was on the Bible. Uh, The next was on weight and emotion. The other was on disease, aging, and then the ego. And And you remember these clear as day, or did you have to grab a pen and write them down? Did you channel this, or how did you 
receive uh, as these. Clear as, day, as clear as day, because, and then I recognize the voice, and I recognize the voice as the master Jesus. Now, I'm not taught, I never equated Jesus with any religion. I just felt he was a master. And um, although I had never, I did never had an experience with him before, um, I, just, I just thought of him as a spiritual master that somehow got co-opted and made into some religion that separated people, and I didn't believe in that. Mm-hmm. And so when he spoke to me, his voice was very consoling and, and just filled with so much um, compassion and love. And I felt immediately filled in peace. And when, every time he spoke about a subject, he would give me an experience of it in my own life. In other words, he would apply it to situations in my life. And so I, I assimilated what he had to say so profoundly and deeply. And then he opened up my chakra energy system. And at the time, I didn't, and this energy flowed up from the base of my spine to the, throughout the top of my head. And at that time, I didn't know about the kundalini energy, the spiritual energy that's dormant in the body until you meet uh, a spiritual master to awaken you. And, um, and of course, at the time, I didn't know that. And I had briefly heard about the chakra energy system and Reiki, but I really didn't know anything about it. But now mm-hmm. I was being given the experience as these wheels of light in the seven areas of the body along the chakras, became alive, and I actually felt them moving within me, and I was in awe with it. But yet it felt so familiar, and it felt so real, and it felt like this is the real thing. There was something so real about it. It felt like home. It felt like that's something I've known all along, but I've long forgotten. And um, so he spoke to me about these seven revelations, and then... I felt this uh, something like a veil being removed from my third eye between your eyes, between your eyes, you know, the third, the third eye. Mm-hmm. And when he removed that, I felt like there was so much love that that went through me. It was so profound, and I felt as as if whatever that light was was breathing me. It was like this, and then I would come to understand that that was the shushumna this, uh, this uh, 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 channel uh, in our body. Uh, I love that because that's the, my guides have always said, this light, that this force that breathes you and that you yeah. experienced that. I did. And I, and I thought, oh, that's how the yogis could breathe when they're buried alive and then they, they want to see if that's true. And then they, they, of course, they come out and they're still living, and they're like, wow, how, how is that possible? Um, this light went through me, and I, I felt as if I was being fed by it. That's the only way I could describe it. Like I was fed with this honey-like energy. And I went through, he, he spoke to me about many things, and one of the things that he said was, now do you see that it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. 
And I finally, because he gave me the understanding of what that meant, which means that you can't, you cannot, um, fully awaken and come into your divinity without giving up the ego. That that is that is a that that actually when they translated the word rich, they translated it to the word rich, but I but it, they they say that it was a different word, but it was something like the burden of the ego or the issues of the ego, which are all. You know, ideas and constructs and thoughts. And that's pretty much what had happened to you in that moment before this awakening because you just finally said, I I give up. It was that total surrender. Yes. And it was, and it came out of enormous pain, fear, and anxiety. And I know that Eckhart Tolle speaks about his moment of uh, that enlightenment, or he calls it present. and uh, that's what happened to him when he could no longer think any any more bad thoughts. All of a sudden, this awakened with him. Hmm. So this is a common classical awakening. Of course, I didn't know any of that at this time because I knew nothing about meditation or spirituality or spiritual path. I was, uh, I think it was around 40 years old or so. And... Um, and so this was, this was, although it was astonishing and wondrous and amazing, it felt so right, like I was remembering something. So um, it's it was, clearly an STE, a spiritually transformative experience, and you didn't have to, to die to have it, because we so often have guests on this show who have had NDEs, and yours was spontaneous in result, as a result of such deep pain. So... Why does this not happen to so many people that just say, I can't handle this anymore? Um, that's a good question. Basically, it was the death, the beginning of the death of the ego. That's what it was the beginning of, the death of the ego personality identification, that I am a separate being and that I have no connection and memory of my divine nature and origin. That's the ego, and it causes tremendous suffering. And this is the big turning that's happening now is this remembering. We're remembering who we are. You know, ask the question, who am I? And keep asking that question, who am I, who am I? Exactly. Until there's no more of a question. I found it so interesting on page 15 of your book, Out of the Blue, when I looked down and there were the words of Jesus who said, judge not lest ye be judged. Judge not lest ye be judged. And I went back to the very first download that I got when my guide stepped in and said, judge not others, but of yourself be the judge. And I thought, wow, how similar is that? Yes, that's exactly the meaning. That's exactly it. That's beautifully put, yes. And at the end of all of this, I, and I don't know how long it lasted. I don't know, half hour? That's I'm just guessing. And I, mm-hmm. uh, I went, when he withdrew his presence, um, I got up and went to the back door just to get some fresh air and kind of regain myself in this awe and wonder. And when I looked out, I saw these photonic packets of light all around the trees, the grass, the flowers, this light, these 
light uh, these these small packets of light called photons. That's what I call them. And in in those packets of light, it was alive with the deepest, most profound love. And I I was so touched by it. And I out loud I said, Oh my God, this is paradise. But we have made it into something else. And I, that, so, that light had so much love and power, and I wouldn't, and it took me a long time to understand what all of this was and to assimilate it. And then a few years later, I met a monk and was given a profound initiation, which that's when I had the experience of complete self realization, knowing, and, and, the, and the words came out in Sanskrit, which is Ahambra Mashmi. I am Brahman, and all of this is my creation. In other words, I am that I am. Mm-hmm. I am that. And that lasted for about 20 minutes to a half hour, and then I had to return to the egoic state, which was horrifying to me. But <laughs> it was clear. I, I wouldn't understand why I had to return until I realized that I had more to learn in this egoic state and that somehow in learning this, that it would become useful, then I realized, oh, that's why, because I was to write this book. I was destined to write this book, and I could not really write it without really understanding the depth of the ego and the suffering that that causes. And I had to apply my all of this knowledge into my life and live it and I couldn't really speak of it until I really lived it. And so it took me 30 years to write the book, finally. Were you able to start living it right away, though? Uh Yes, I did. Because when the first awakening happened with Jesus, I was in this state of love that was so profound, and I could see this love in everyone I looked at. I was working at a in research administration at the time at a hospital in Boston, and wherever I looked, all I saw was love, and I saw this love in people. And I, when he talked about the ego, I sort of, and I had to go into my own life when he showed it in my own life in me and in others, and I sort of, kind of, went through. Oh, this is how I behaved, and so afterwards. I began, it, it took time, but I began to contact different people that I may have fallen out with, and I would apologize, or I would set the relationship right, uh, not to continue it, but just to say what I had to say about it, and to, to make amends, so to speak. And I went, you know, and this took time, um, and it was very difficult for me to function because I was in such bliss, and all I wanted to do hmm. uh, was to sit like like Eckhart did, sit on a park bench and watch the world in this magnificent, magnif- magnificent world of love that is the real, what's really happening if we can get out of our egoic state and fall into that divinity. Why it happened to me at that time, I don't know why it happened to me. Some people say it happens to you because you did a lot of work in a past life, and in this life, it was your time to wake up in this way. And uh, and, and it, as it turns out now, it's 
it's, a, it's an opportunity for all of humanity now. Mm-hmm. This has never been done before. This evolutionary stage has never happened on Mars before. So the whole world has an opportunity to wake up to its own divinity. In fact, there's enough people calling it forward. It's humanity that's calling forward because consciousness, this divine consciousness wants to know itself and experience itself in divine form. And there are enough people who realize this, who have gone through awakening, who have gone through the suffering of the ego, who have touched upon it, maybe not as you know, wild as mine have been, which has been mystical experiences for 30 years, but certainly enough that they realize there's something more. There's something more and greater in mm-hmm. me and, and in this world, and that there's enough in this world of food, money, housing, clothing, uh, in the field of uh, medical care. There's enough for everyone in this world, and that is the truth. And so we are out of this egoic structure that created all the lack and separation and hatred. Out of that, in our divine nature, we will be creating a world out of that experience of our divine true nature that there is more than enough and it's abundant and we are all together as one humanity in this divinity and we have Yes, we have these separate human bodies, and we have our own talents, but we're bringing, and and how we bring this oneness forward is just determined by our own particular uh, uh, abilities in this lifetime. Some people will do incredible paintings. Some people will will find new ways of financial structures, educational structures, uh, medical structures, which are here already, which is something I want to talk about at some point. And... um, so there's so much going on, and transformation of this level this never happens without crisis. I mean, this is from the beginning right. of time. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, and it's difficult and it's painful when people are scared and frightened and they wonder what the heck is going on. And, you know, the astrologers are speaking of these, these incredible planetary uh, conjunctions happening now with Jupiter, which is the protective uh, planet, and along with Saturn, which is the disciplinarian, and Pluto, which destroys and then transforms in Capricorn, the Earth. And all of this is happening now is powerful planetary alignments are happening. And I'm going to have to interrupt you as we go to a break, Mary, and I look forward to coming back. We're talking with Mary Terhune, author of Out of the Blue, and when we come back, we're going to get into some practical ways to help ourselves during this time. So please join us again in a few minutes. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24 through 26. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org/thrive. 
We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back. You're listening to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Well, we've been having a fascinating conversation with Mary Terhune. Her website, which I hope you'll check out, is her name, maryterhune.com, and the link's right there on the Unity webpage. And Mary, you have a class coming up. You want to tell us quickly what, you, what you're going to share there? Uh, yes, I'm going to do a class. Uh, it's for women, um, and it's going to be about homeopathy. Uh, and, and homeopathy became very popular in the United States and around the world because of its effectiveness in all epidemics and pandemics, as it is today. And so I'm going to be doing class about remedies, the common remedies that people can take during this time. And uh, one of them will be for panic as well, by the way. And so wow. a lot of people are feeling panicky. And so I'm looking forward to it and excited to believe that we need a healer in every household. Hmm. Wonderful. And yeah. information about that is on your on my website. website under classes. And I'm starting okay. next week. Starting next week? Starting next week on Thursday, okay. yes, at one o'clock. Very good. Eastern Standard. Okay. Very good. All right, so we heard about this spontaneous awakening when you realized you're so much more than the body. And that, uh, you had that experience that I hear others have where everything becomes pixelated and you see the sparkling light everywhere that shows us this world is not as solid as it appears. But you also had, we haven't talked about it yet, what you call an encounter with death in meditation. What was like yeah. that like and what did you learn from it? Um. It's interesting because I was working at MIT at the time in the space center of all things. And um, I would meditate every lunchtime. And it was it was there in November, October, I think it was. Yeah, October. And uh, so now I was meditating in the lobby of the engineering building at MIT um, where they had these wonderful benches because it was too cold to meditate outside. So I decided to uh, to go for the meditation. And as I sat on the bench, I was reading a book about this, this, uh, this meditation master who had passed already to the other side and people's experience of him and, their, and how he affected them. And I was feeling sorry for myself because I would never get to meet him. Hmm. With that in mind, I closed my eyes. And uh, all of a sudden, I hear, are you ready? And I'm thinking, oh, there's just one of the students passing through the lobby, and I'll just ignore him, and he'll go away. And all of a sudden, here again, are you ready? And then I turn my attention to the voice, and lo and behold, with my eyes closed, I could see this spiritual master approaching me in his red robe. And I thought, oh, my God, it's true. People have these experiences in meditation. Welcome to my world. It's what we try to teach all our listeners to have these experiences. All of us can do this. Yeah. It's within all of us. Everything I'm talking about is within everyone. And so he, when he got closer to me, he turned into the energy of the Milky Way and entered my solar plexus. In that moment, it set off a cacophony of noises. 
And there's a Sanskrit word for them called nadas, and they're called sacred noises. And it was the sound of a conch, the ringing of a bell, the sound, the whirling sound of wind. I heard a locomotive sound in the background. And all of a sudden, this energy started moving up my body. And, I, and it was so powerful. And it just as it's reaching my ears, I'm thinking, oh, my God, I'm, I'm leaving my body. Hmm. I'm, gonna, I'm dying, I guess. And I thought of my daughter, and I thought, well, I don't, I, what, uh, what about my daughter? And then I heard the monk say, it's, it's going to be fine. And I thought, okay, why not? I've been through everything else, and it just felt fine. And so I just, boom, I said, okay. And with that, before I knew it, in the blink of an eye, I was standing in front of two big windows of light, mm-hmm. one above the other, like in a house. And the light, and the, and the, and the monk was there, I was there, but we were in our light essence body, and the light of these coming from these windows was so powerful, and, the, and it was so much love, and it was magnetic, and, and I thought, I want to go to the light. I want to go to the light. And then the, there was this little thought in the back of my mind, yeah, but your daughter, but yet still the light felt like home. It felt like I want to go. I want to go. And as I went to move towards the light, the uh, monk stopped me, and he said, not yet. And then I realized I had to return to wherever I was, and, and I had to follow this silver cord that I saw floating through the air. And it, was, it floated through the air, like far and far and far. And I had to use all my energy to concentrate on this, this silver cord. And as I followed it down, all of a sudden, this vista opened, and I saw our, our planetary system, our solar system. And I went whizzing by the planets following this, this cord. And as I would go by the planet, I would think, oh, I wonder what planet I'm going to. <laughs> and then I realized I was going to the planet Earth as I got closer, sort of like a Google Zoom. It was like a Google Zoom. <laughs> and then I realized, oh, I'm going to North America. And then I, oh, I'm going to Massachusetts. Oh, I'm going to MIT. And before I knew it, I was looking down at this body meditating, and now I'm on the roof of the, the ceiling of the engineering building, and I'm looking down at this body that's meditating on a bench in the electrical engineering building. And I had absolutely no connection with this body because wow. I was completely me. I was completely <laughs> me. I could see, I could talk, sort of my version of talking, and I could uh, move around perfectly, and I felt completely whole in me. And whatever that was, I had to go back into, I, that was just the body. And I realized that's the body I have to go back into. So I followed the silver cord because it went through the top of the head of that body. So I followed it down. And when I followed it down, my energy, my divine consciousness, my divinity entered this physical body. And it was like with a thump, but boom. And my body, the body just jumped from it. And, it, and then it felt like I was in a tight shoe. Yeah, hard to so fit like, all of that back into a body. Mm. Oh, my God. And then I realized, oh, there's a mind connected with this body, and I have to deal with it, and I wasn't happy with the mind and what the <laughs> contents were. And then I realized, oh, my God, this is awful. And it's, so has, has that allowed you to maintain this this 
nested doll type different perspective being able to shift back and forth and at times play your role here and then at other times be that divine consciousness? Now I'm always the divine consciousness. Uh, and it's just, I just have a body that it animates. So the body is, uh, so I don't feel I'm the body. I have a body and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very important temple. Uh, it's a very important vehicle and the divinity fits in it through the chakra, through the blueprint of the chakra energy system and through the nadis throughout the body. And so I'm aware that this vehicle is for acting in this world on the earth to bring heaven on earth. In other words, I am to be here, whatever talents I have, I'm to offer them in service to others as they offer to me. And that we're doing it, we're bringing heaven on earth. Essentially, the earth itself is graduating in its evolutionary stage into a higher octave of divinity. Yeah. You know, many people, we read about these types of accounts. You you had that experience. It is available to, to all of us. By grace, we have these experiences or through a personal tragedy. But yes. did that immediately change your life? Hearing people's stories helps us to be more open to having them so what was your life like after that? It continued to evolve, you know, it continued to evolve as I evolved and assimilated things. And I just had to continually be more aware in every moment to, to make sure that I was remembering who I was and not acting out of flipping back into egoic fear and doing practices like meditation, reading sacred texts, keeping good company, and so I would weed out anything that didn't support that in my life. Mm-hmm. And I became, you know, I, I was just more mindful of that sort of thing and how I was behaving with other people, how I thought about myself. And so just working on releasing all of this, any emotional issues that I had, always being aware, going into a therapy even, just to help 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 myself uh, be free of the, any traumas, the traumas of my childhood, the traumas of my adulthood, and keep releasing them and having this inward look and in dealing with my emotions and releasing. And every time I had that release, I felt so much freer. So it's like peeling an onion. I just wrote about that this morning, yeah. And it's ongoing. Uh, <laughs> it's ongoing. And you just keep peeling it off until you get freer and freer and freer of that baggage of egoic thinking, the egoic mind that says you're separate. And, and yet it took uh, you 30 years to write about that. Is there a reason it took so long? Um, you know, at that time, well, first of all, I went through so many mystical experiences as I tried to understand them and tried to, to, to process them. I was going through it so dramatically and so deeply that... I wasn't ready to write about them. And the world, at that time, no one spoke about consciousness. In my, right. in my uh, social zone, nobody was talking about seeing Jesus rising in the cloud, you know, I mean, which is what <laughs> happened to me when I experienced self-realization. No one, you know, no one was speaking of these things. We, there wasn't conversations about this. This is only really recent that this has happened, and say more in right. the last 10 years, and certainly in the more the last five years, as 
uh, you know, I belong to the um, IAN, the, uh, the, uh, the organization that talks about near-death experiences, so I finally started, you know, speaking in there and sharing my experiences. And so now people are so more open. And what I realized was that I can't die. We're eternal beings. We can't right. die. And that's what I got from, I mean, I got the literal physical experience and, and spiritual experience of that from that near-death experience, that you can't die. You just always are. And when you leave the body, you are still aware, except you just don't have a body. And so, exactly. but you still are present. But that's your presence. That's your awareness. So and what can more, we do right now to awaken to presence? Be, be interested, number one. Are you Ooh, interested I like that. In be interested. Are you interested in knowing your true self? Are you tired of living in suffering, of the egoic structure and hatred and separation and fear? Are you tired of it? Are and my guys often else? says, that my guides will say, how's that working for you? You know, just yeah. like we say. How's that working for you? And so say, you can say to yourself, I want to be open to, experience, to remember my true nature of I am that I am. Please show me. Please show me yeah. how to do this. And something will come into your life, a book, a person, a program, a message, something on TV, something in nature. Something will happen. Be aware in every moment because you never know where it's going to come from. Maybe it'll come from a dog. Maybe it'll come from the person at the checkout counter who says something to you. You never know where it's going to come from. You just have to be open to it and have no expectations. I had no expectations. I just stayed open because I was so curious. I was curious, and I was always in awe, and I still am. I and, like that, Mary, because, you know, we're talking about these these bells and whistles experiences that one you had spontaneously, one was in meditation, and I can hear so many of our listeners right now saying, but I meditate and these things don't happen. But what you're saying is just be interested, be aware, and things you have – spontaneous moments of awareness just through normal life normal life every part of life is a miracle every when you're doing the dishes you can be aware of your divine nature just bring it into your daily activities be aware in your daily activities when you're brushing your teeth when you get up in the morning you can say to yourself if you want i am that i am or you can say the question who am i if you don't know and never experienced it who am I? Who am I? I want to know. Who am I? You're asking the question of yourself, and I guarantee you, you will get an answer, and it's always surprising where you get it from, because you never know where you're going to get it from. Uh, because you're really open. looking at yourself everywhere you look. This is one of the insights you get. Yes, exactly. So you never know where it's going to come from, and just be aware and awake and interested and curious, because it is awesome. And you ne- just be open. Just take a breath, you know, even the in-breath. Ah, and then that, just that turnaround before the out-breath. And go into your breath. And then just that pause and turnaround before the in-breath. And follow that. And you can meditate just in that way. Just close your eyes for a minute and do that. And just keep doing it. I mean, I, it's called a practice. And so I just did it every day. I just did it a little bit. It doesn't have to be two hours. It can be five minutes. Just taking that moment to tune into you, your awareness that lives in in, in the space beyond thought, between thoughts, 
and the space between breaths, that space is the now, and that is your divine awareness. It's a state of awareness where everything you, is still and I'm, ever new. I'm feeling guided to have to hear your take on people want to know how to tell the difference between their ego's thoughts and divine inspiration or higher thoughts. If it's delightful, sweet, kind, and compassionate, and generous, it is the self, because that's what the self is. Your true self is compassionate, kind, generous, joyful, and that's how you know it. And the ego says... You're not enough, I'm not enough, everything stinks, and I hate everybody. Oh, <laughs> what a difference in energy, huh? Yeah, so it's that, you know, that's it. So if it feels like an unfettered love, not transactional love, but unfettered love, that's, that's the self. And that is but our true nature. Do you feel we need an ego to function in our human lives? The ego is a case of mistaken identity. That's all it is. <laughs> it's a case of mistaken identity. That's, you're not your job. You're not your body. You're not your gender. You're the divine, the one, living free in awareness, living in a physical body. But the physical body isn't your true nature. The divinity or that energy or that light that's in you is it. So that's why this is so wild because we're, we're realizing, because the ego is nothing but a, a, a separative idea that we, the ego is nothing but a thought that we are separate and it causes fear. And it causes so fear. Can, so Mary, you've had this awakening. Does your... Yes physical body still give you fear, moments of fear? Far, 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 far less. Moments, far. but then you, have, you stay aware and you're like, wait a minute. That's, let me go into my breath and be, be, you know, bring my awareness to what I'm doing to know that I'm eternal. I'm an eternal being. So die. that's the key right there is staying aware of your thoughts and what you're feeling in your body. Are you in fear? Go to the breath and other tools, right? Yes, because I wasn't allowed to remain in the total state of complete uh, union. I, I, I was promised that one day I would have it while on this earth at this time because this is why we are here. We are here to regain that state of total union. And boy, is it a process because letting go of the ego, which is nothing but fear and fears and fears, is it, this is the state we're going through. And Would you repeat that we're here for a state of total what? We're, he, we're here to become, for, to, be, to bring heaven on earth. We're here to, be, to regain our total state of union. And of union. Sanskrit, okay. Of union. In Sanskrit, it's known as becoming a jivan mukta. Jiva means body, and mukta means liberation. Liberation from the ego while in this physical body, bringing heaven on earth, reclaiming our divine nature. The kingdom of God is within. And that is what he meant when he said it. 
he brought the light. He told us about the light, and it belongs to everyone, everywhere, regardless of your religion, your beliefs, doesn't really matter. Uh, you can have them, but it's, there's that oneness that's always present behind everything and in everyone, and that's why we have to treat everyone with respect. So you started you started already giving us some practical ways to help ourselves when we get in fear with the breath, staying aware of our thoughts. We're quickly running out of time here. Ways we can care for ourselves now and help ourselves that we yes. haven't discussed. Uh, in particular, um, I want to talk about homeopathic medicine, which was once the medicine that was taught in our medical schools here in Boston and around the United States around the turn of the last century, and it. And I'm going to be teaching class on us because homeopathic medicine was successful in all epidemics and all pandemics, and there are remedies that we can take that help support us uh, when we are experiencing symptoms. And that it, it doesn't work by killing germs or anything. It just works by restoring harmony, harmony within our beings on this level of consciousness is consciousness-based medicine or nano-based medicine and it's regained its popularity all over the world in the United States because of its great effectiveness in epidemics and pandemics and flus and colds and all of that and that's what I'm going to be teaching and I have a vision and I say it in the book that soon we that one day while I'm still alive on this earth and I'm 76 now that we're going to create that nurses are going to be, instead of just urgent care, it's going to be preventative care, and the nurses are going to start teaching this beautiful, easy, not easy, but, but it, it's, it's a symptom that for acute things, people can help themselves with these remedies that have no side effects in acute stages so they don't turn into chronic stages. And that so we, I'm looking to create a healer in every household. And we can do this. We have the knowledge now. The reason that it was taken out of our medical system was that well, John Day Rockefeller, who used homeopathy all of his life, decided to create a panel to get rid of homeopathy because they started making synthetic drugs at that time. You know, Mary, but I found your book really drew me in because a large part of the the last part of it, Out of the Blue, is Mary Terhune's book, is about homeopathic medicine, and I didn't know much about it. I just opened randomly to your book right now in Chapter 11, A Seismic Shift in Understanding True Healing. You wrote about it so well and so thoroughly as we run out of time. I just want to tell folks that if this interests them, the whole other way of seeing healing by finding balance – uh, without yeah. medications, natural healing. Her book is yeah. a wonderful introduction to it. And in fact, it led me, Mary, to go out and get a book on homeopathic healing. I'm wonderful. not there yet, but it's like a good introduction, and your class is going to help even more with that. And it is the medicine of the 21st century. It absolutely is. Why? Because we're moving into consciousness now as a living presence. And matter of fact, uh, there's a physicist and a cosmologist at MIT, Max Hedmark, that wrote a paper called Consciousness as a State of Matter. Hmm. I know. And a lot of the uh, other neuroscientists are looking at consciousness now as a real state of matter. And what do, we, what do you mean by that? Can you explain that quickly? In other words, it's, you, have the, you have physical matter, right? Mm-hmm. You have physical matter. And then 
it can move in a continuum into a uh, a a more a more something that that happened before the actual physical material level happened. It began right. first as a state of consciousness. That's everything. Consciousness is the ground of all reality is what scientists are even having to come to understand. So that's the word right there. It's a continuum. And and that is what homeopathy is. It's a state of consciousness and it's remedies from nature. And these remedies are alive. In fact, these remedies never, um, they're not like regular material drugs because they exist on that state of consciousness. As, as matter, but in a different way. And so it interacts with the consciousness in your body, which is a living force. So it's a living force in nature interacting with the living force of the body and through the law of like here is like. And then, a, um, I had, in fact, I had, a, I had a spiritual experience of that, and that's how I became, ended up studying homeopathy. And I have that in my book as well. So well, I want to challenge you as, as we have about one minute to go, Mary. I want to challenge you to put some videos on YouTube and more things on your website to help all of us understand a different way of looking at healing. If there's any way that it can help in this current pandemic and help us to have a major shift in consciousness, I know you're one of the people that can help us do that. So uh, you get those videos out there and I'll help let people know about them. Okay, that sounds great. And uh Thank you so much, Suzanne. It was just such a pleasure meeting you in this way, and I appreciate your time. Well, you say I have 30 seconds left. Can you condense a message for humanity? How's that for a task? Uh, We are moving as humanity into an incredible time. All the old paradigms are dissolving, as you can see, because the new ones want to come in. In fact, they're already here. We just have to allow them to come in by opening up to them and knowing that this is this is part of our evolutionary stage and it's a natural stage. Nothing bad is happening, although it is a crisis right now that we're having because we need to awaken. These are growing pains. And I thank you, Mary, for coming on the show and, and helping us to understand more of what it's all about. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.